Ladies and gentlemen, and stand-up comics slash DJs all over the nation. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Emo Brown, the podcast. I am Esteban Garcia III, Ellis El Champs, and with me today is Barry Chispera, the producer extraordinaire. Mira se wait, dog. As always, the Emo Brown Podcast is brought to you by the wonderful people at Grasshopper. For all your medicinal, recreational cannabis needs, make sure you make that card clack get 20% back. $12 gets you three pre-rolls. You can smoke those things with my beautiful face on it. Make us proud, everybody. Make us proud. We are in for a special, special treat today. From the crazy side of Los Angeles, from the hills of Aurora, I don't even know if those are places in LA for him. <laughs> from Orange County and beyond, El Compita. Fool, Jay Valentino is here with Thank us today. Thank you so much. Bro, hey. Look at you, dog. Thank you for having me. I appreciate look at you, guys. you, bro. You're waving at nobody. There's nobody here. It's just yeah, you. It's just, waving oh, at me. Okay. That's, oh, all yeah. that, <laughs> all that matters right there. The Caucasian sensation. And that's why we call him the white persuasion. Me, 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 me. Compita J. Valentino, bienvenido a San Diego, Chula Vista, California. Thank you for having me. Emo Brown Podcast. Finally, we're doing it. Solo. Yes. It was in your contract. So, hey, fool, don't bring me with no toxicos no more, dog. I want to roll solo I'm not dolo. that guy anymore. I'm looking for love. And you will find it here. In the wrong places. And you're going to find it in all of the orifices. Bienvenido. Where exactly in L.A. are you from? So I was born and raised in L.A. and I moved to Orange County mm. when I was 15 in okay. 1997. I moved back from 2015 to 2019 then came back to Orange County. Be a little bit closer to my son. There it is, I'm, in, I'm in Fullerton, California. Fullerton. Yeah. Killer baseball school, yeah. Cal State Fullerton. Yeah, they're known for that. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, the only thing I know about Fullerton. And I want to know more about you, Jay Get Valentino. It. Last time we spoke, it was on the Toxicos episode that we did. Since then, what has been going on with you, Toxicos stand up DJ? You got your fingers in all of the pots, bro. Yes, yes. That's why I was actually holding off on stand up for a while because I knew I was going to take on this whole new monster, you know. But since then, uh, me and Los Toxicos, we did a few more shows. And we are also doing our own thing now, you know? We also all team up at the same time. Uh, me and Concrete, Concrete Jerry, me, Jerry, and Concrete, Jesus Apulveda. But for the most part, we're all doing our own thing as well. What are you focusing mostly on right now? What has been going on in the life of Julian? To be honest, I doubled down on DJing a little right, a little more right now, but I'm still also doubling down on comedy at the same time. Why doubling down on DJing? Because I'm 41 years old. I don't know how much longer I'm going to do it, bro. Really? Yeah. Is there a shelf life on DJ? You know, there is it because DJ Tiesto is like 89, you know what I mean? <laughs> but he's also making $1.5 a performance. That will keep like you that. going every day, bro. You know what I mean? So, I mean, who's to say? I mean, the money, I don't think the money will keep me there, but I, I'll probably pop up here and there if they really want me to spend somewhere. On a weekly basis? Do you DJ once a week? Twice a week? Easily. Easily once or twice bro. a week, yeah. You're easily. a commodity. People want you. Uh, thankfully, yes. Afortunadamente, bro. Um, thankfully. Uh, so it's been a little crazy. Sometimes I'll have the back-to-back -back shows, two comedy shows, 7.30 p.m., 9.30 p.m. After that, I go straight to the DJ gig from 12 to 2 a.m. The Toxicos episode that we did was bananas, bro. Yeah. Every reel that we created strictly based off of that, it went viral and it did its thing. <laughs> it was great. We were just roasting each we other. We were just great. roasting each other. And that's what people were like, oh my God, is that all you guys do? And then it was like, I guess so. Because everybody on that episode was just shitting on each other. It was great. It was poor great. Jerry. We were talking about Jerry's parted sea in his yeah, head. Poor Jerry. I think he took the brunt of all of that. Yeah. Needless to say, he hasn't reached out to us ever no, since then. I, I, I don't blame him. That fucker unfollowed him. me. <laughs> Todo el pelo. I was oh, like, oh, fucking Jerry took it to heart, dog. It was a joke, fool. Yeah. It was a joke, fool. But then we had him back on. Because my goal was yeah. always to get you guys one-on-one -on -one and, and just, you know, the inner workings of a comedian. The right. inner workings 
of a creator. Right. People know you from social media yes. is what I'm coming to realize. That's what moves this whole train, brother. Yes. That's how it all starts. That's what moves a needle. We were at a show media. last night. We went to go watch the compa, compa Alfredo Robles. Shout he out to Alfredo. Yes. Big shout out to the homie Alfredo yes. Robles. He came down and played Mic Drop. Yeah. And before he started, he kind of did like a, a little quick survey of the crowd. And in the crowd, he said, all right, guys, how many of you have been to my stand-up show? Two, three people, you know, a little scattered applause. Yay. How many of you have seen any of my specials and have been here? Oh, okay. Brum, brum, dun, I bell, I bell. Then he got to social media, dog. He said, yeah. how many of you guys are here strictly on Instagram? The crowd went crazy. He said, TikTok. Everybody went even crazier. Yep. And it led me to think, like, without an online presence, it must make the stand-up component of your career that much more difficult. Yes. And he is one of the few comics that adapted. Mind you, this guy's been doing it for I don't know how long, 20 years plus. And there's some guys that've been doing it as long as him that should be at that level or even higher, but they didn't adapt to social media. It's been a resistance, almost like a pushback. A they lot don't of want guys it. can be stubborn and, okay. and and you know hard headed about that, but bro, this is what it is. It's not TV anymore. It's not radio. It's social media, brother. You want to sell this water bottle? Go ahead. You got to post it on social media. Everything's social media now. You're pretty uh. On top of the game when it comes to social media, whether it's making skits at home with your mom, fool. Oh, she's a she's a star. Your mom is a star. a star. She needs yeah. her own reality show. She does. You guys need your own reality show. We do. We do. It's like yes. my wife has seen these shows and or the skit. I call them shows because let's be fucking real, dog. These are like little shows that people are legit like just hanging on like the next episode or or the next drop. It's like oh, I wonder. I wonder who uh, Jay Valentino is going to bring next <laughs> home, and I wonder what his mom's going to say. And it's like you just kind of go through that. You get to you get that feeling, that perception that we know you. Right. Uh, I didn't know I was going to turn into a series. I didn't. You know, the first one hit over a million. All right, cool. Let's bring a different flavor girl. Let's bring something different. Mm. It hit. I'm like, okay, we got something here. So I started labeling them mom meets date part three. Yeah. And so forth. Yeah. And uh, I do want to bring in different ethnicities, different uh, cultures into it. Um, <laughs> do you get pushback for that or what? You no, know, I haven't done it yet. And and I, this is the first time I ever bring it up in a podcast or in an interview. But there's no way to – I can't – there's no way to uh, bring up the fact that they're Asian or African-American or Middle Eastern because that'll be wrong. That'll be wrong. You know yeah. what I mean? Like It's a slippery so, slope. So I think I, I still want to do it but without addressing the fact that they're of different ethnicity different background that's crazy which leads me to the next thing is like social media has is a double-edged sword man people are hanging oh. on every word on every oh phrase goodness. on every little thing you do oh, how yeah. do you balance that dog because you are prominent you do this a lot bro i'm half i'm, I'm half old school half new school like mm -hmm. you bro so we come from a time where in you know 2007 2010 you were able to do something like with an asian person and talk about how they can't drive all the stereotypes and all sir, that sir sir what exactly. on earth are you saying exactly oh that's, that's what the backlash you'll get now. exactly that's the backlash you'll get now you know so, we're from the era of dial-up fucking yeah, aol exactly. you know that's from where we're from dog. so we're from the era where we could talk smack on different stuff and it's okay yeah you know but now you really got to watch what you say uh, people are a lot more sensitive and I, I don't know. I don't want to say I get it, but I understand. I feel like the allure is wearing off though. I feel like we're kind of going back to old school days. It's, it's I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I, I see it just based on, you know, I'm in that industry where, you know, you got to mind your P's and Q's. You got to be very politically correct. But we, we, we get like a pass because, you know, we have that mentality. I feel like comedians right. should get a pass because – you're comedians. Right. First and foremost, I feel like your duty is to make people laugh. 
Right. And making people laugh, a lot of it is stereotypical humor, dude. You know what I'm saying? And right. you do that. Have you always worried about being canceled online with your skits? Or do you watch yourself? Do you got to like, oh, my God. Um, I don't worry about it, but I don't care. I mean, I don't want to get canceled. Of course, the objective is to make people laugh and make everybody comfortable and be likable. You know, who doesn't want to be liked? Even though we walk around with a I don't give a fuck attitude, mm. you know, uh, you still got to, yeah, yeah, watch out for stuff. You know, there's been... There's been a couple of skits that were that I didn't know were offensive that I eventually ended up taking down. Really? Like I did an Andrew Tate skit once. Uh-oh. Top G. <laughs> Top G. <laughs> I did an Andrew Tate skit once, and it got flagged, and I reviewed it, and I said something like, oh, I love Latino women. Everybody should own a Latina. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then I, I reviewed it. I was like, oh, yeah, there's human trafficking going on right now. Yeah. Probably not the move. I, I don't think humans could own anybody or should. But on TikTok, that shit flies. Uh, no, it, 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 got, it got flagged on both <laughs> platforms, and I was like, all right, I get it. Yeah. What else has been on the cutting room floor that you had to take down, man? Uh, nothing that comes to mind, but, I mean, I it's if, if you're ever turning, you know, if you're ever backlashing, stuff like that, of course, you know. I like when you dress up like a lady. Dude, I lose <laughs> followers when I do that. <laughs> I have a lot of old school Mexican, like, cholo following, too. Uh -huh. Like, so they don't play that game, you know? <laughs> Why are you and, dressing like a hyena, fool? Yeah. <laughs> and they're the ones more prone to be gay. Shit. Oh, yeah, shit. I said it. That's, oh, my God. The views expressed by Jay Valentino <laughs> do not necessarily reflect the views expressed on Emo Brown, the podcast. But it's by all means, guys that it. wear the skinny jeans that are, oh, are, the, are, the, are the gay ones, man. It's usually the, yeah. the, the machos. What's up, dog? No. It's only gay if you do it to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you know what? Social media, yeah. for better or for worse, it can no. catapult your career or it can take the legs from right under it, bro. Right, right, no. Fortunately for you, you have talent. You you Thank are you. oozing talent from every orifice of your body. Thank you, brother. Top-notch DJ, renowned. Every video you post that I've seen of you DJing, it, you turn the camera around and it's just a swarm of people in the audience, bro. Thank you, brother. When did you start doing that? When I was 15 years old, okay. uh, a homie in the hood in Bell Gardens where I grew up in Los Angeles, California, bought a pair of turntables. And for somebody to buy something so expensive in the hood was a big deal. Like there would be like 10, 15 kids just lining up just to spin. And I was one of those kids. He was my friend and I fell in love. My brother ended up buying some turntables about a year later just as a hobby. He was a contractor. He started making good money. And he just bought it as a hobby, bought a couple of crates. And at that time, I had already moved to Orange County, and I would go to his house every weekend to spend the night to be hang out with my old L.A. friends and, of course, to be on those turntables three, four, five hours a day. Cutting your teeth, getting used to it, getting oh your set God, down, your routine bro, I, down. I fell in love. And sure enough, about a year flew by, and my bro, did. they were collecting dust in my bro's house. He's like, hey, man, I'll sell them to you. I'm like, Ugh. And I uh, had a talk with my mom. I was like, Mom, he said he'll give it to me. For half the price, uh, it was like 800 at the time. He gave me like a pair of turntables, a mixer, two crates. He gave me like $2,000 worth of stuff. It's a reasonable rate. Great. And uh, my mom, I remember she she uh, she paid it, everything up front, and she made me pay her back 600 Okay. Yeah. That, and, hey, uh, that's responsibility. Yes, exactly. Because you know what? I feel like when I've had to purchase things out of pocket growing up, whether it's music instruments or whatever it was, it made me appreciate that purchase more. 100%. It yeah. made me feel like I better dedicate time and, and some put some effort into this yeah. little uh, hobby and see if it can turn into something bigger. Yeah, I bought my son uh, some drums, there a drum is. set, and he used it for three days. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a And wrap. now they're back on uh, eBay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's how it all started. And I, I, I never stopped since. And you've yeah. been DJing all this time. What is the, the, the genre of music that you DJ or is it just based on the crowd? What are you doing? I, you got to read the crowd. You got to read the crowd. Mind you, so from 15 to 19, I DJed consistently. Then I got into the strip club industry at 19, which is very young age. You're built for strip clubs. I, I am. I am. I have a nice buns. I do the Stairmaster on a weekly uh, basis. Hey, so? And uh, I still DJed, but it wasn't this kind of DJing. It was more on the mic. Hey, everybody, let's give it up for Destiny. That's then, right, guys. The closer you sit, better the tip. Nice of the strip. You make it rain, and you go home with the stain. True or false, dude, Tool is like the number one song for strippers. Tool? Uh, which one? Uh, Anemia. Oh, that's not Tool, That's, is that's it? not Tool, bro. What's the, the good song? Bang, 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 And then like, let's give it up for that was, La uh, Psychorona. That was in the year in the early 2000s. Yeah, right? Yeah, that that's was for usually, sure. I guess that's for usually sure, when I would go to strip yeah, clubs. Yeah, and, I, and I, <laughs> I really thought that you had to sound like a strip club DJ, and mm -hmm. I did sound like that. I was that guy. Dos por uno para que se le ponga bien duro. Ahorita mismo, apriete de fundillo. Go get yourself a miche and suck some chiches. Apriete de fundillo. Saca la bolsita y te afloja la nalguita. There it is, dog. I'm ready to pull my wallet out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Motivated. So you did that for a minute or what? I did that for 18 years, brother. That's a minute. That's yeah. a little bit. The last five years of my, of my strip club DJing career, I was at Sam's Opera in L.A., which was the best five, half a decade of my life. It was it was dope. I got to meet a lot of cool people, man. There was like a celebrity hangout in there. Super Look cool, man. you, bro. Oh, super cool. See, and this is why I've been wanting to get you in here. I want to know, because I know there's a lot more of the J. Valentino than what we see on Yeah, I'm more than just looks, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? That's <laughs> that's saying a lot. <laughs> that's saying a lot, brother. So now, stand-up comedy, dog. Yeah. Tell me about your experience in stand-up. The number one slogan in stand-up is stand-up comedy is no joke. Mm. And it's not, man. It's not. Uh, it's trial and error, man. You got to fail, fail fast, fail forward. You got to be up at least, I mean, for me, I'd say six times a week. Yeah. But four or five is should be the minimum if you're really trying to do something. Um, on top of that, um, yeah, bro, it's a whole no, It's a whole new animal. Uh, as you know, comedy subjective. And uh, you get the real raw reaction right in front of you. It's real time. To where in social media, you post a video and you walk away from your phone. I don't know what's going to do. You know? In stand-up, you see... This. You see this, <laughs> you see resting bitch faces, uh -huh. you see people enjoying it. So I, I heard a little secret early on, thank God, from one of my comedy homies. He's like, bro, just gravitate to the people that are laughing. <laughs> You'll be way better. I'm like, all right. Focus on the laughter. Yeah, and um, it's, a whole, it's a whole new animal. I'm loving it. I love the challenge. I love the rush. When I do a set and it goes well, I feel more accomplished than ever, than rocking a crowd of... 17,000 people as a DJ, to be honest. Is it because you're doing your material that you cultivated on your own? Not necessarily playing like, you know, spinning records of other musicians, of other artists. This is you. You cultivated this art, yeah. and you are out there delivering it to the crowd. That's exactly why. Yeah, 100%. I only it's write, personal. I really don't write with people. I'm starting to write with people now a little more. But, yes, it's personal. It came from me. It's something that I thought was funny, and you know, like I said, comedy subjective. What I think is funny, you might not think is funny, and vice versa. Exactamente. So, it feels it's the greatest feeling, bro. It's like a it's like a 
like a drug. Laughter is like a drug, to I be honest. It's I an addiction. I can definitely yes. see that, man. 100%. And it's funny, and you mentioned this to me earlier. I like watching you guys, you guys being comedians, stand-up comics, go through your routine. Like I've been on the side stage or just watching you guys kind of prepare and set and mentally get ready to go on stage. It's like yeah. you guys are prepping for a fucking game. You guys are prepping for battle. You know, it's like I see you guys going through your emotions and specifically going to the, the, the Toxicos event that I was at with you guys and just watching you, each and every one of you approach your set different. Right. Some of you guys have OCD and are just like, I feel like you were very meticulous about your preparation, but what you were wearing, about any props that you were taking out, maybe what you do pregame. I'm not going to drink. I'm going to just have some water. I'm going to lay down. I'm going to put a pill on my face or whatever. It was just awesome to watch all that real time play right. out. Behind every uh, stand-up comedy, you know, bit, there's a performance. There's serious work behind it. There's serious work behind it. Now, for me, I, I mean, I'm a still, I still consider myself a little green as far as you know. I'm, I'm two years in the game. Two years, perfect. Um, I go over my notes. I rehearse my shit. You know, to where somebody like Jerry Garcia and Jesus Apuva, they've been doing it for a while. They they just go over their notes briefly on their phone and like, I get it. I know what I'm doing, and they kill it. But for me, yes, I'm a little newer in the game, and I'll probably still do this ten years up, uh, ten years ahead in the game because I know how I am. What is your goal with stand-up comedy? How far do you want to take this? Is this something you want to all in? Yes, 100. percent That's that's the only way I, I approach anything. I mean, we all have an exit in life, so why not? You know, I don't want to look back when I'm 50, 60, 70 years old and said I could have. Kevin Hart has like 12 specials out. Are you kidding me? Mm. I have a lot of work to do, and that's exciting. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, the 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 most exciting thing I I just thought about this a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, that's so dope. When I put out my first special, I'm gonna look forward to writing another hour, and that's exciting. The work gets me excited. The process gets me excited, and the future for real. Like I know a lot of comics that dread. Like, oh fuck, after this material's uh, wrapped up, then it's garbage. I can't use it again, and I have to write a whole another hour. Like they dread it. Why are you in the game if you're not excited about the process? Do you have exercises that you use for this process? Like, what what do you do? What can you recommend for younger comics, people that want to jump into this game? Like, is there like certain like practice things that you do? Or I rehearse a lot. I rehearse, and I'm writing more now than ever. I'm writing more now than ever. I rehearse in front of the mirror, but of course, there's nothing like a crowd. Mm. Rehearse your shit in front of the mirror. Get it down to a T. Time it. Pretend there's a crowd in front of you. Then do it in front of a crowd. You know, do it yeah, in over prepare. Over prepare. Over prepare. I like the way you winked at me right there. You know, I, it was it was hard not to do it. <laughs> yeah, you know? I feel like he would just he just lifted out there like look like a comma. Like, <laughs> I, th I think he understood that when uh, you were like any younger comedians out there trying to cut their teeth. We're talking about a Steve. <laughs> me? Oh fuck that dog! I I, I look at. This is my element right here. I like talking one-on-one -on -one to people. I like being like a metiche, just learning about the inner workings of what what it takes to become like a Jay Valentino. Because you're a dad. Yes. And. In that, you got to throw that variable into the equation of everything that you're doing. Right. And you do a lot, bro. And you do a lot because whether it's you're DJing or you're doing your stand-up routines or you're creating skits or you're just writing and, you know, cultivating. Within all of that dynamic, you're also a father raising a young series, man. Yeah. How do you balance all of this? Like, how do you how do you find enough time in the day? Do you find that it takes away from, like, uh, growing your career in comedy in any way? I double down on everything. There's a book called The 10X Rule, and I've been living by it. Uh, just 10X, working at a 10X level, which is I wake up and I don't stop, you know. Um, and I stopped drinking for that reason because it was slowing me down. Okay. I stopped smoking weed because of that reason. It was slowing me down. 
Um, when I don't have my son, I get my son on the weekends. I get him for 48 hours. But when I'm with my son in those 48, 48 hours, I'm with him. I, yeah. I stop production. We are together, attached at the hip. We do activities. I want kids don't do what you show, what you tell them to do. They do what they see you do, you know? So when I'm with him, I'm with him. So Monday through Friday, Friday till 2 p.m., it's all content, rehearse, write, record, edit, all that. One man show. Yes. I mean, My I, but I'm, I'm, I'm becoming more efficient now. I'm not being that stubborn Mexican. I'll do everything by myself. Yo, I go throw it now. I have guys now that I'm working with. And but Monday me. through Friday is dedicated to the the, the craft, the yes. passion, all of yes. the things that are needed. Yes. And 100%. then Saturday and Sunday comes around. I'm with my son. We, How do you, bro? We uh we uh do a lot of activities, like a lot of physical activities, stuff like Sky Zone. We go hiking. We uh we skateboard. We we you know ride a scooter. I taught him how to rollerblade. He play basketball, football, baseball. We active. I mean, there's no greater truth than what you said. The kids are, you can tell them a bunch of things, but they're going to react on what they see or what's in their surrounding. That's why, you know, no offense to, it's hard to, it's hard to like stay on a, on a tight diet. But when you see the bigger parents, their mm -hmm. kids are usually a little, a little bigger because they see it. They think it's okay. And they eat the same stuff. Yeah, that's that's true, man. My wife, she's hardcore, organic, everything. That's bro. amazing. My kids, they don't, un they don't understand what bacon is, Barry. The oh, kids, no. bro, yeah, they, they, we had, like, I'll buy my bacon, but wifey buys some turkey bacon. And then every now and then one of them was, hey, what does that taste like, dad? They said, Lord, hey, dad, this is amazing. And I said, I know, <laughs> fool, don't tell your mom you had this. Because everything for them is ground turkey. Yeah. You know, pichi pollito. Right. Uh, uh, coconut water. Like, all those things. That's and awesome. I'm, you know, That's and, and, and I'm, I'm fucking fortunate, and I'm grateful that wifey took that approach to raising our kids, because I... I don't know if I could do. I wouldn't have enough time, patience, no, or energy to do what she does. If you had a high now from Whittier or Norwalk, dog, that didn't know anything about nutrition, dog, mm. then that's exactly what you would be eating. Yeah, and that chair you wouldn't be fitting in right now. You're not better not. Ooh, hella comfortable. <laughs> I'll have you know that I have lost ten pounds since See? the beginning of February, strictly on going on closing my circles right here, bro. Closing my rings on this, and I have a crew at UPS that I work with, and we're all kind of like. Mexican pushing each other. So right. we shit on each other. Hey, right. pinche gordo. Come on, fucker. Finish. Close your rings. Yeah. So there I am yesterday, dog. After the, the Robles uh, comedy show, I get home. I got 1030. And it was like, okay, go visit Barry at the Elwood for his birthday show or go home and get on the Peloton for an hour and a half and close these rings. And I was like, I got to close these rings. Like, and then wifey, yeah. like today, she said, I'm proud of you that you've stuck out with this, like 28 days of closing your rings. I said, I know. And I'm going to take it up now to like kettlebells next month. I want to be the, the, the. I want us, my kids to see that, okay, he's putting in work. They see me working. They see right. me with my careers and, and the businesses and, and job and responsibilities. Good. Right. I want them to see that without you taking care of yourself, all that is shit. Bro, this is the engine behind everything. And shout out to the big guys that still handle business. But imagine if those big guys were in tip-top shape. They would really destroy. Are you fat shaming right now, Jay Valentino? 100%. People want to know. Hundred <laughs> percent. They say, "Wait." No, you know what? Uh, it's, it's 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 health before anything. The, yeah. the looks come later. The looks yeah. come with it. But you can't yeah, have wealth without health, bro. You got you know, and then I don't. It's you know, I I think that if you're uh, wealthy or you're successful, but you know, not healthy, you're only fifty percent successful. That's just my theory. You're like you Richard know? Simmons sweating to the oldies fool. You know what I mean? I, I like to see people like my friend, my friend Daisy, uh, she's a comic. She's on her shit. She's like, hey, 
can you keep me accountable? I was like, yeah, sure. All right, I'm going to send you screenshots every Hell day. yeah. And she sent me, she, I'm like, what do you want? What should I do? I'm like, do the Stairmaster 400 calorie burnouts in under 40 minutes daily. And she's been doing it. And she's 40 minutes for her calories? Yeah. Oh, shit. Right. In under 40 minutes. And she's been doing it. She's been sending them four to five times a week. Hell yeah. I'm like, I'm proud of you. That's good shit. Hey, you're she a good drinking. fucking dude. You're, you're, you're like a pillar. You're, I you're like a... to see people win. Yeah. And, and this is, once again, this is the engine behind everything. Without this being right, we can't do anything. That's very new school mentality for Mexican of you, dog. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Because we're all about mantequilla with fucking tortilla and frijol and arroz and, and carbs on top of carbs uh, cooked with lard and and that Stop, shit's horrible, I'm getting bro. hungry, dog. Bro, oh. man, I'm, you know, I'm just, I, 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 it breaks my heart when I hear that people that have my, that are my age have, like, ED and shit. What does that mean? Erectile dysfunction. El vato dijo blue chews. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by blue chews. <laughs> Rhino <laughs> pills. Hey, dude, them fucking liquor store pills, I'm assuming, are no joke. I am 44 years old, <laughs> young Barry, rather. And I have never taken one of those pills. Yeah, same. I'm same. sure my wifey would probably same. appreciate it if I did, but I've never done it. No, I don't think I, I, so far it works. And I'm taking it one day at a time. I'm going to be 45 in my overall. Oh, so I feel like I'm. You look I'm, great. You look I great. Yeah, I appreciate you, dog. You look great. Like if you were a booger, I'd pick you for sure, dog. Damn. Oh, that's a Valentine yeah, card just like, waiting yeah, out. For sure. That's a Valentine card right there. For sure, dog. No, bro. And then this is 45. This is the year they put something in my asshole. Oh, I want to see. You know, this is the year they put a video camera up there and check what is going on inside of Stevan's fucking ass. That's awesome. And I got to find out, dog. So I got to make sure more than, more than ever, I just really take it. Don't make serious. eye contact with the doctor. Make sure he takes <laughs> off his watch too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your ring? No, no. that's my watch. It's my watch. No, we were talking about you, like what kids see, and it's funny. And this is what kind of got me to stop smoking. I used to have. We used to do these all the time, Barry. We used to smoke a lot of these, you know. And I feel like I really. That was a tough one for me. Yeah? That was a tough one. The weed was lie. hard. And I never talk about this on on podcasts or anywhere on on any kind of platforms, but. Weed was a tough one for me. Mm. I love marijuana. Weed is awesome. Weed is a shit. But I would only smoke at night. Go and ahead. that's the worst time to eat is at night. And I would get hungry. And mm. my pantry, I have an eight-year-old. So my pantry's not too popping with crazy snacks. But I have a few snacks in there. You know, I have like the rice cakes with peanut butter. And that's my idea of a snack, you know. Take it rice easy, cake, bro. Peanut butter, You're like a housewife of Orange County, bro. And some blueberries. Mm, with some organic milk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I would eat that, but still, even though it was healthy, I'm still eating at 11 p.m. and that's not good. I have, there's no physical activity being done, and I'm gonna go. You go to sleep with a full stomach. And some not with that mentality, dog. 11 yeah. p.m. is when that physical activity starts. Oh, no. I'm, <laughs> I'm single, man. I'm single. Sing, oh, ladies and gentlemen, Jay Valentino's single as fuck. Dog. I'm not selling myself, but at Jay Valentino's my handle on social media. OnlyFans coming soon. <laughs> my kids would. Recognize the smell of weed, dog. Wow. We were at a festival. Ooh. But here's the thing. I don't smoke at home. I smoke, I was like uh, Jackie Brown and Sam, uh, Samuel Jackson and Jackie Brown. Is, I smoke at night when the business is done. And that's why I would, I would go outside. Yeah, I would talk up a little bit and same. a little bit. Literally a little bit. Two, three hits, four yeah, hits. And, and I I'm put done. it away. Same. And that's it. We were going down uh, 3rd Avenue here in Chula. This is a pretty popular corridor. Is where I, where I own the brewery. And there's a bunch of other homies that have businesses on the block. So we, there was a festival on that block. And we were walking down one of the little callejones, uh, alleyway, for people who look like Barry. Um, <laughs> and I was just walking there, and then some kids were smoking, uh -huh. just doing my thing. And then the kids, my middle kids specifically, were like, hey, it smells like when dad comes home from work. And I oh, was like, yeah, fool. And I was like, they put two and two together. Yeah, I was like, ingasu. And for me, I was like, all right, that's it. I yeah, can't be doing that shit. Yes. And that, at 44, dog, at 44, 
for me personally, not for everybody else. For me personally, there's two things that fuck me up more than anything. Like bad. Smoking weed, like I get all anxious. Yep. And drinking milk. Like drinking milk fucking goes through you annihilates what? me, dog. It's like yeah. it's like I'm setting off a pinchy bomb inside of my pants and worse than coffee? Worse than coffee. Coffee maintain coffee keeps me going. Yeah. Like if I if I have one vice right now at, at the ripe age that I'm at, it's coffee. Coffee's awesome. I need Caffeine's that shit. shit. I mean, coffee's awesome. I'm, sl- I'm slowly trying to wean off that. Uh, same, same. Yeah. So I used to do three espressos a day. No, that's cabron. And even like a third one at 3 p.m. Just a little because I have an espresso machine. Go ahead. Yeah, Dropping really dick. Nice. Go ahead, my um, fellow. Sponsor me. Go ahead. And I K cups. I get the uh, no, not K cups. Fuck K cups. Those, those, those are cheap. Okay. Oh shit. No, <laughs> I'm new. Okay. This game, hey, listen, bro. we'll start a GoFundMe. Go for you. Uh, <laughs> gracias, gracias, <a> <laughs> no, the awesome. They have like the small pots, which are the, the, the espresso shots, and they okay. have the bigger pots, which are the coffee cups. And I, I found myself like at 3 p.m. having a little crash, boom, taking one of those. Snorting it or what? I mean, every Free once basing. in a while, I mean, I mean, I mean, what nothing's wrong with the little syringe in your arm, you know? Ingaso. So I was like, yo, this is bad. So I cut it down to one coffee a day, and that's enough. Really, and one or two max, but I was it's better than three or four than what I was doing. Yeah. It was fucking up my sleep, you know? Yeah. It fucks up your sleep too. I've been taking a mushroom uh t shirts. I'm scared of mushrooms. Not the fucking wacky ones. Not the ones that they put in a pinchy like a yeah. fucking rocket ship to the moon. Not those. Got it. Done that. Not a good feeling. Yeah. I did that when I hosted the Toxicosy show. <laughs> Are I, you serious? Dude, I was I was bad. Like I did a I had a Willy <laughs> Wonka. Not, I allegedly do before stage. Allegedly, allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, you gotta say that. I was given a Wonka bar. You know, and and if I was given this Wonka bar, I would have probably taken it before I went on stage and hosted the show. It was half THC, half mushrooms. I took a fat ass bite of it, dog. And I remember Eric El Casas was like, no, was like, All right, <laughs> fuck it, just do it. So I did it. First show, I was like the micro machine salesman. The toxic is coming out there, the girl in the world tour right now. And boom, in the second show, when you guys did the second Everything was in slow motion. My mom was in the crowd. My wife was in the crowd. My sister was in the crowd. And they were goblins, dog. And they were looking at me. And they were just laughing. And I was like, what the fuck, dog? That's crazy. But. I, w- I couldn't tell. No, of course not. Shit, homie. You were nervous, too, probably. Of course I was. This is a nervous thing to be on stage. That's Hell why yeah. when people ask me, oh, you should try stand I'm always comedy. nervous before stage. Yeah? Hell yeah, of course. As you should be. Because you take it serious. Yeah, I care. Yeah. I'm a sit-down comedian. Fuck yeah. stand up. This is my this is my arena. <laughs> right. I feel like I do well in this little fucking segment of life. Right. I don't well, want to have get a up. crowd of three, so this Th- is crazy. I mean, shit. This must be like the early years of this fucking stand up, dog. It's, it's yeah. crazy. It's going bananas. So yeah, man. I mean, I take these my, uh, mushroom tinctures, which are just legit like mushroom uh, extracts, and it's got like what does it got? Berry like lion's mane and. It's a well, company. Let's see, the morning blend has organics, lion's mane. I don't know why I put extra S's in there. Organic shiitake mushroom, organic maitake mushroom, and cordyceps. Those oh my like god, his voice ones. just screams out great credit. There it is, bro. <laughs> oh yeah, my god, I can't read. I feel right at home. Boy, did you right buy at home? You picked the wrong white like boy. I didn't leave Orange County. This is awesome. I love it. He's from oh. Huntington Beach for sure. This is my town, <laughs> not <laughs> yours. <laughs> no, but it's true, man. I mean, we're I'm older, so I got to take care of myself with this shit. And and I, milk and weed fuck me up, dog. Weed yeah. makes me all anxious. It has me rethinking all of life's choices. Yeah, the weed is a lot stronger than it was when I was younger, dog. It's not the same. It no. is not the same. I saw an ad sponsors, Daddy Weed Berry. Mm-hmm. Daddy I told you joint. about that, Dad Weed, man. I feel like that's the move. 
is low level shit. It's probably like from the oh, early yeah. 90s strains. Cuando era Mekki, tenía pinches palitos and then same semillitas and all. Yeah. So I was like, I need that. No, it's crazy yeah. now. Like the dad weed is mm. just lower THC, but it's a lot prettier than the shit you used to get back in the day. It's not Mac. It's fucking. Right. It's nice. Our shit was like dark green. Yeah. That? yeah. Wrapped in like saran wrap with man yeah. with fucking Vaseline. I was like, like, you know, getting a break. I was like, what are you doing, bro? Sketchy. Like, super yeah. sketchy. But I took it. Yeah, me too. Because I didn't care because I was young. Yeah. It's crazy. I was 15 years old driving to Long Beach picking up weed. 15 years old, bro? Yeah. How did you reach the pedals? That seems like... You know, uh, foot extenders, pedal <laughs> foot extensions. Extender. Uh, You're all telephone book. <laughs> yeah, I wore uh, platforms and had the Shit, 15 extensions. years old? This is a little squinkly dog. Bro, I used to drive to Hollywood to the arena yeah. at 15 years old and dress like a rebel and battle people and... Yeah, that was real. That was real. A skit real. based on reality. Yes. Because I feel like that was the first time I, I I saw who you and Concrete were. Yeah. And from then on, I figured these guys are they're just like a there's a package deal. Yeah. Anything they do is gonna be like the dynamic duo of BGJ Valentino and, and Concrete. Yeah. I mean we, we both have our, our separate lanes, but you know, we're a movement by ourselves, but we're a force when we're together. Mm. I mean, I'm good all by myself, it. but baby, concrete makes me. I'm, it's, like, go a, ahead. it's a song. I'm, I'm with it. I, I, I was waiting for it's you. It's by Neil, yeah. <laughs> Stay away. I love watching the Rebels fucking skits, bro. Concrete, that was all him. He pitched me the idea, and I didn't believe in it. I didn't believe in it. I'll be honest. I was like, whack. <laughs> Come up with something better, dude. What the fuck was that? <laughs> He's like, bro, it'll hit. And we sat on it for like a year. And then he finally, he's like, bro, you, let's do the Rebels, dog. Yeah. I was like, all right, pull up. So he like, he's like, all right, I'm going to go in a couple of days. And we planned it out. We did it on the first take, bro. Yeah, yeah. We did it on the first one take. One and done. Yeah, that's like the last one we did right there. That was a promo right there for DJ Irene. DJ Irene. Yeah, that was the last one we did. And that one hit, too. We were promoting her party, her and Richard Humpty Vision. And that, that's crazy because we would have never been friends with them if we would have never done this. There it is. And we woke up this community, bro. We woke up this community because before us, nothing. After us, oh, my God, me back in the 90s. Shut there up, was, Sandra. Uh, uh, Nobody uh, likes you. Stop. Kid Talk Sandra. about how you used to hook up with six guys a night. Ooh, shit. Sandra Sorry. knows what's up. Sorry. She hurt you. She did. She did. She did things like, look, like this. Um, <laughs> This brown boy's oh. a little emo. Oh, there he is. Look at that. Get it. Ooh, oh. that girl so scandalous. Could have been the goddamn that good today. Could have been the goddamn that good. Ooh, ah. The moves, bro. Yeah. Look at you. Choreography. Choreography. Uh, maybe something you're missing out on, or it could have been a career path. It could have. It could have. I love dancing. I used, obviously I used to dance before anything else. Dancing is awesome. Thanks to my brothers, bro. I'm glad I had older brothers, and that had that were cool with mm. rhythm. You know, because once again, you're a product of your environment. My mom could dance, my brothers could dance, my sister, dad, you know. And I'm, now I look at you, a dancing queen. I'm a, a dancing machine. queen. <laughs> I always made that song, dancing queen. <laughs> no, nah, man, but it's true. The rebel community totally rose up when you guys did that. 100%. There was rebels in my school. There was like two or three of them. I know the names of two of them right off the head right now that I, I see them doing their thing. Wizkid and Harley. They akin to those. And ours, it was fucking, oh, I don't want to say it, Pablo and Ernie. Those guys were like, they would cuff their jeans, dog, yeah. cuff their white tees, and they are pinchy pompadours. They get all the high knives. Every last one of them, bro. Yeah, yeah with the and plucked a, eyebrows. Plucked delicate. They look like Puerto Rican boxers, bro. <laughs> I was like, these motherfuckers are well <laughs> manicured. I was like, get was down, good. bro. And then when you guys brought it back, it's like it brought back a, a, a flurry of memories. Like, I remember these guys. These guys were a real deal in high school. Yes. And then just looking at Wiz and Harley, like, it's the song. These are the guys. And Emo, it was just like half a decade, bro. Like, 90, maybe less. Like, 95 through 98. Uh, uh, 99, it yeah. started fading away. 
it was, but it was such an impact because a lot of uh, in, in the United States, it was a few um, states that you know that were hardcore with it. Chicago, you know, California. Um, what else? Who else? I Nevada, forgot. Texas, Arizona. Yes. All right. They were yes, they were heavy on it too. Exactly, and. And to this day, people, you know, it's very nostalgic to them. It brings back great memories because it was great. It's nostalgic, it was bro. It's nostalgic. And I watching mean, guys like you do it in a skit so well and effortlessly because you can tell it was just like, oh, this is natural for them. Well, we all have, you know, you know, I we all have that kid in us, you know. So it, that when I challenge into that character, it's just me being 15, and that's fun. That's so fun, you know. It's easy to channel in. It's fun. It's just me at 15, vulnerable. Insecure, low self-esteem, age, sex, you know, location, you know, El ASL. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me being that little, you know, like, no, what about if we get caught? Oh, you no pasa I mean? nada. Yeah. So how do you channel that energy into working skits with your mom, dude? The best skits I've seen from you yeah. are with your mom. And why is there an ATM in your house? Okay. <laughs> Questions that have been asked of me to ask you. Ask Valentino why he has an ATM in his house. At one point, uh, I owned three ATMs with my buddy. And... Um, we had it for like we had them for like a year, but I don't know if you guys know this, but with the ATM industry, you have to own at least 15, 20 to, oh, for to sure. make money. Yeah, yeah. We only own three of them. They were at barbershops in the IE. Mm. I live in Orange County. It, it ended up being unfair because he was refilling them. He was cool with it, but I was like, nah, bro, we're, it's not a 50-50 effort. I'm like, let's sell them, bro. So we split our profits. We sold two of them. The third one we couldn't sell, the one that I have at my house, because they didn't have a chip reader. Get now this it was when the chip readers had just came out. And uh, I ended up keeping it, became a prop, and now it's boosted up my comments. <laughs> Dude, it just it adds to the allure. What the fuck is going on in Valentino's pad, dog? Yeah. Why does he have an ATM? Now it makes sense, dog. Yeah. Now it makes sense. How did you get your mom to get on board with doing these skits with you? Your mom is a star, dog. Respectfully. So I did a podcast from the uh, from the years of 2010 to 2015. It was called Juice TV, where comedy and music okay. met. Each and every week, I would have a different comedian and a different DJ or artist and um, um, look at her. Look at her. She's she's on point. Look, that's me <laughs> complaining about <laughs> the people not believing that I live by myself. Everybody thinks I live with my mom, by the way. That's not true. Uh, it's not. It's there not. it is. Perfect. Um, We're just killing, so, killing rumors today here on the Abel Brown <laughs> podcast. So I had my podcast before, you know, podcasts were a thing. I did a podcast and it was streamed on Ustream. Remember Ustream? I remember Ustream. Yes. And it had its run. Five years, I had great artists. I had Metal World Peace. I had Bone Thugs and Army. Hell yeah. Ty Dolla Sign. I had everybody on there. I had Felipe Esparza, Alfred, everybody you could think of. And um, it had its run. My son, I had knocked up the mom, and my son was on his way, and that was phasing out. I was like, I got to do something else. I've been doing this weekly. I got to do something else. It's not growing my following. I got to do the skits thing. It was in the back of my head. It was in the back burner. I was like, let's go. I was like, Mom, are you down to do skits? She's like, sure. From what I stopped doing the podcast one week, the next week I started doing skits. I went from like getting no comments or no likes really to doing this one skit and it hitting like twenty thousand views and Boom. like like two hundred comments. I'm like, I'm not looking back. This is it. That was the new equation to work with. Yeah, look at you, because you gotta have a certain sense of like me vale verga and just throw yourself out there and get it done. Yeah, the best book ever is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Very true, bro. Check that book out. Hey, we Who had is? one of those around here somewhere. Somebody took my book. Was it you? <laughs> yeah. No, I think it was Kiki. Kiki, somebody yeah, borrowed that borrowed book. It. It's a great book. It's a great Ultimately, book. You're, you're holding yourself to a standard that is unattainable. I don't know if you know this, Emo, but when Go we ahead. die, we don't know we're dead. <laughs> I like this motherfucker calls him Emo. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather him call you Brown? Mr. Brown. <laughs> Reservoir no, Dog Brown. <laughs> when you die, you don't know you're dead, so you're not going to be like, oh my God. <sighs> 
emo was talking shit about me when we're yeah. alive. Shut the front door. Get it. So it's true, man. You know, yeah. You know, every I get. You know, every once in a while, I get in my head, but for the most but part, the things we worry about the most are usually the rarest things that come to fruition. You know, like whatever right. that boogeyman that you have in the back of your head is, whatever that monster's hiding under your fucking bed or in your closet is, it lives there. Right. It doesn't live in in, in reality. Right. You know, we are building that shit up, and it's all ultimately it's handicapping us. 100%. It's taking our legs and it's shackling us down, preventing us from growing and moving. I'm learning how to work. It's that. crazy because the thing that scares you the most is the things that make you grow. Yeah, shit, facing fears yeah. is what makes you happy. It's so crazy, right? It is going on stage, being a stand-up comedian is probably one of the scariest things ever. You could tell a cholo that just killed somebody. Hey, fool, go on stage, make people laugh. Nah, dog, but. I just smoked somebody, you know? <laughs> you know, but you, you know, that's facing fears is what it's all about, bro. Doing shit. If you're nervous, do it nervous. You know, that's the only thing that I think allows you to grow. If you're comfortable, like all of like two years ago, I was comfortable. With, I was comfortable. And I was like, there's something wrong. Nothing's making me nervous. Well, there's some fools like you that are comfortable being uncomfortable. They find their calamity. They find I'm their peace. I'm finding that. I'm finding that. I'm they find, find their peace in that uncomfortable zone. And and this is in every aspect, you know, whether it's the gym or in front of the camera and all this comfortable with being uncomfortable. And sure enough, once you do it more and more, the repetition, it's the father of learning. From perdon, dog. He wants obviously he wants to clip that dog. Make sure you write a <laughs> minute can on we, that. Is that. Can get we make that, that a real? To get that Thanks. into a real. Repetitions of father of learning. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> from year one, from day one, going on stage. Now year two. What has been your biggest growth that you've seen? Uh, being able to find my voice a lot more. Now okay. I'm talking about my son. Hmm. Now I'm talking about my mom. I'm starting to exclude the raunchy stuff. Okay. You know, I'm not talking about weird stuff that make you go ooh. You know, get to like. It gets a reaction, but I'd rather not. That's not me. Like, I went over my whole set with my buddy, and as I was explaining some of my jokes, I myself was like, oh, but, uh, mm. that doesn't feel right. He's like, what's wrong? I'm like, it's raunchy? I'm like, yeah. Let me take it off. All right. I will. It's and not just me. Just like that. You know? So you have a crew of people that hold you accountable as it relates to writing, or do you have, like, a little team that you write with? Or? I'm writing with one homie right Arre, now. Cool. Yeah. Does that help? Hell yeah. All right. Hell yeah. We keep each other accountable. You know, this guy's, you know, you know, new in the game, but I see a lot of potential in him and he's a good kid, man. And uh we write over everything. He's a great writer. And yeah, we go over everything. Like a weekly thing? Do you guys have it set in stone? Like we meet on Tuesdays at seven PM. Are you stalking me? Because that's around the time. Okay, Tuesday at four or five. Yeah, actually, you yeah. guys meet up and weekly and just kind of get down. We get down. Well, how do you write? What do you do? Do you just sit down? Because Barry and myself and a couple other homies, we said, hey, you know what we need to do? It's like we don't want to be comedians, but we do want to get better at what we're doing. We want to get better at how we communicate and how we right. deliver our shit and how and where and when to deliver it. So enlighten us. I take notes of – keep in mind, you as a, as a comedian, you still have to live your life because mm. that's the only way to get c content. You have to live your life. You know, like whether it's going to the beach with your family and some shit happens, that's material right there. You know what I mean? You have to live your life. So I take mental notes. My brain's always going. My my brain's always on creative mode. And yeah, I when I'm hanging out with my son, I think being doing stand-up comedy has really made me a better entrepreneur, dad, everything. Because now I'm more observant of what's going on. And now, not like I wasn't before, but I'm more dialed in with my son like i really talk to him now i really talk to him cool bro how was your day how was your day at school cool what was the worst thing that happened at school cool what was the coolest thing what was the most memorable thing i really talk to him you know i'm not just on my phone all the time i really engage with my boy 
you know, and I've been getting material from there. Very nice. Like, I just found out that my son knows what the word sus means. Mm -hmm. If you guys don't know what the word sus means, it's pretty much the guy behind the, the, the computer back there. That guy's sus. Hi, Him. I'm Barry. It's, <laughs> I'm Barry sus. It's a suspicion of being gay. That, you know? uh, Barry wins again. And the reason I know is There's because. There's no suspicion here. <laughs> is that what it means? The reason I know is because he had a gay episode at his school. Okay. What? A kid tried to like grab him and he's my my son made me so proud go ahead he slapped him no no uh, and I, and of course and i had to be a parent though hey buddy that wasn't uh, all right you reacted the right way <laughs> but that's not the right thing to do next time you tell a, a teacher, how old your son eight eight okay i have a kid my nine-year-old went through that same situation not in the uh the sus way but they were they were messing with him Mm -hmm. And I guess they, somebody threw like took a basketball from him or something, and my kid like stood up and defended. Like, hey, stop doing great. that! Stop doing that! Kid did it again. So I guess my kid hit him with that one, two, pop, pop, and then nice. he fell, and my kid got in trouble. So I just remember it's like, hey, you might get in trouble at school, but at home yep. you're gonna get celebrated, bro. Because yep. I need you guys to realize you need to stand up for yourselves yep. and your brothers, and uh -huh. you need to stand up for people who can't stand up for themselves. Yeah, I'm wedded, you know. But I, I get the rules and how things work at school. I'm learning to be a parent by watching my wifey, bro. Right. Wifey gets down as being a parent. Yeah, I'm just, so I'm just learning my, it. So my, the mother of my child gets down too. I don't like to call her baby's mom. That's ghetto. Is, is that ghetto? A little for me. I got, I got a baby mama, but hey. I mean, I'm still with her. She's my wife. So oh, I call no, her wifey. Yeah, you got a wife. Yeah. Call so I mean, wife. she helps me, bro. She has a, she has everything like on a schedule for these little changuitos, bro. Like there's a, there's a reward program. Like it's like they go and they fucking, you know, they're, they're part of an exclusive club to, bro, to you gotta to do it the Caucasian way. You gotta, Hell yeah. You gotta do it the white way. I mean, oh, the right you, way. You read 20 minutes a day. All right, Miko, that is one point. Yep. And at the end of the week or however, like, oh, you have 10 points. All right, you can play 30 minutes on the PlayStation. Yep. You can go do this. You can go do that. Same with Romeo. And my, my guy. Bro, they're learning, you know. And and when I get out of work early and I get a chance to go take them to school with wifey, like the the routine that she goes through is like, all right, what color are we today? What are we feeling? What zone are you in? And there's a whole fucking spectrum of colors. There's like blue, yellow, green, whatever. And I, I guess green is the best one, you know. Like, oh, you know, I'm not tired. I got good rest. I'm excited to learn today. I'm and I'm like, fuck. Like, where would I be without wifey? Wow. Showing me how to become a better parent. Cause I talk to these kids like they're my contemporaries. Like they're my age. Like, and I tell, I talk, I never talk to my kids like, ah, mijo, gugu, gaga, que bonito. Yeah. Right. My mom's like, hey, fool, come on, let's go. Yep. Vámonos, aliviánate. Let's yep. go, let's go. Like everything is like adult. Like the real world is not going to gugu, gaga your ass, homie. The uh -huh. real world is going to say, hey, yeah, pilas, compa. And right. if not you, somebody else. So I want my kids to like kind of have my mentality, which is not old school. It's just like, it is old school. Fun. A little, a little. Yeah. Now that I think yeah, about you're, it, dog, you're a product. Yeah. Like the early 2000s, the late 90s. That's fucking old school, dog. It is. It is. Can I use the restroom real quick? You can do whatever you want. Can dog. I use it right here? Go ahead. Yeah. Put it in the cup. <laughs> you have Hulk Hogan on your fucking shirt, dog. See that? <laughs> you're tough. You're holding it in. It turned into a vagina. All right. This is fun. Is it? Yeah, I'm having a good time. All right, cool. We can pause and cut that and just kind of flow it in when it gets back. That's fine. Nobody's watching. It's true. So still nothing happens. Except for like 55 people. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm getting hungry. All this talk about food. Dude, the pizza hungry. got me going. and <sighs> I'm so hungry. What do you got going on today? Uh, I got to go pick up my shit from the Elwood. Dog, you really got on a sick one outside or what? Not like anything out of the ordinary. Like on, You don't remember, huh? I do. You don't I remember. Do. I started the first hour. Go ahead. All original shit. Uh -huh. It was me. Go ahead. It was your boy Chris Brown. 
Chris he, Brown. Yeah, he's a fun guy. Uh, he's a mushroom. Fernando was there. He is. He's a. Was it? Michael Lions Mane. Yeah, he's a Lions Mane. Uh, and then Caesar showed up, so it was like really small and intimate for that first hour. And then people started trickling in. I took a break uh, to go get another drink, and I came back. And then yeah, we just fucking partied. Nice, but nobody was mad at me. I think I haven't heard anything. Well, I haven't checked my shit. Let me check my. <laughs> <laughs> Let me check the messages, dog. Let me see. Well, I t- I sent a message to Chris this morning, like, hey man. I kind of remember leaving. Did I pay you? Like, I'll, I'll come back and make it right if Let's I didn't. He's like, no, nah, you're all good. Everything's cool. Uh, I turned right. it on back down. No, the only thing that happened at the Elwood, I guess there's something wrong with our thermometer for the cooler. Mm-hmm. Uh, posted the gaskets. Uh, BJ Jesbera has an outstanding tab, and he pulled his pants down while he was performing yesterday. So I guess you did do something. That's something out of the ordinary. <laughs> That's normal shit, dog. My pants just fall down. I didn't pull them, right? No? Just, Is it way? I got no butt, dude. <laughs> You got no butt? Yeah. No butt at all, man. I shouldn't even be wearing a belt. I should be using staples. Sonny's practice is at CVA cages. Is it? I thought. I thought boomers. You tell me. What you want to talk about, though? <laughs> I thought. Oh, there's th- there's four people. My bad. Packed house. I didn't, I didn't see the, uh, <sighs> the producer. What were we talking about before you had to go rub one out? Uh, about your... Your, your wife being Caucasian. My wife is Baisa, homie. My wife is Mexican. Actually, her her uh, her ancestry came out. Um, not as Mexican as I thought she was. Oh. I don't know how I feel about that. My kids are <laughs> going to be the... <laughs> uh, you knocked up the right woman. I did. Yes. Yes. We've been <clears throat> together for a long time, bro. And it, 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 it makes my life a lot easier to know that wifey and I are working in unison. And I'm, I'm learning how to be a parent with her. Right, you know? right. And that allows me the freedom to do a lot of dumb shit. You know, right. a lot of things like... Uh, extracurricular is like building this podcast. Well, I don't want to fucking create a podcast, but I knew it was it was essential to build my brands, the businesses, the brewery, the bar, whatever else we're doing. I felt like this is a key component to grow all of the other things we're involved with, to right. grow and provide a platform to my homies who have brands and things that they want to grow and continue to like uh, develop. So it just kind of went like that. And I, I'm more about like I want to give people an opportunity to do their thing. And then along the way, also fucking be selfish and make sure, like, I'm I'm making sure that I'm taking care of the businesses that I need to take care of, dog. Right. It seems like you're on that level. It seems like like you're very business-minded. Excuse me. Uh, yes, I, you have to be. I like to know every angle of what I'm doing, for sure, you know? And if, and essentially, eventually, um, be more um, efficient and train others to, you know, work with you yeah, and, and take on the position. You know what I mean? What's the goal with stand-up for you? Take it as far as I can. Specials. Specials. Nowadays, it's not it's not about Netflix, but why not? If they throw it at me, I'm not going to say no either. Okay. I know no as well. But take it as far as I can. Take it around the world. Kevin Hart's one of my biggest inspirations beyond that level. If okay. not, surpass it. You know? But I love how high he set the bar. That's exciting. That's a, that's a tall task, bro. It's an amazing he, task. He, he stays hustling. Yes. He stays hustling. What yes. are some of the podcasts you listen to now that you don't do one? What, what are some of the things that you, like, you draw um, inspiration from? What do you do to get you in that creative mindset? Uh, I listen to more audiobooks, to be honest with you. Eso. I listen to audiobooks. Is that reading? It's not. And I Fuck. recently... <sighs> we tried. We, we tried. tried. <laughs> so, okay, okay. So there's a statistics show that when you listen to podcasts, you only retain 5% of the information. Okay. To whereas reading twenty percent, and I truly believe that now because I just now started reading books. Congratulations, bro! In a book, <laughs> just, you, just started to learn how to read. I, will, I, I never learned how to read. It's my, never too late to learn. Boy. My son taught me. Mm. 
Um, we started off with first grade books. It's great. <laughs> the colors are awesome. Uh, but reading, you retain 20% of the information when you read. Uh, to where Where's audience. the other 80% going? Am I wasting my time? Shit, I don't know. But I get it for sure. I've been reading and yes, I retain way more information reading. All that tells me is we got to listen to the audiobook four times. Yeah. And then eventually we're, we're on par with it's just a game reading. Of averages. You know, it's funny. Shit. I repeatedly listen to audiobooks, so it might be true. What's a yeah. book that you can recommend that has helped you and grow and in, in, in all the aspects of your life? Uh, the 10X Rule. 10X Rule. And uh, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Perfect. Um, I like Kevin Hart's book. I like the 50 Cent book. Hustle harder, hustle smarter. That's hustle my harder, guy, dog. Yes. Of all the people out there right now, I feel like I would love to emulate myself around what he does and how he did it. Yes. You know, like uh, more of a like a no fucks given, but yeah. still very business minded and focused on the tasks. Right. And just be very disconnected with things around you. You know, right. like travel light. Right. Go heavy, but travel light. Fool. Right. Those are the few of the books that I listen to. And yeah, they've they've helped me a lot for yeah. sure. For sure. Uh yeah, That's a special dog. Yeah, you ready for those things? Those things seem scary. Uh yeah, twenty twenty seven. Is that the goal? Okay, twenty twenty seven. Who knows? Sooner. I mean, the thing is that I'm just writing my ass off. You know, I'm really writing. I'm really putting the pen to the paper, and yeah, hard work pays. Where off. can we see you coming up next? What's what's going on in the wonderful world of Jay Valentino? What are some of the shows you'll be doing? We have March 14th coming up in uh, Sacramento. I'm doing that show with my homegirl, Luz Pasos. We also have... Uh, Luz Pasos, Jay Valentino, Thursday, March 14th. Yes. Look uh, that. That's uh, This month is pretty much over with. Um, I will be on the radio on March 7th with Showboy. Mm. Yes, I'll What's be. With radio? Oh, I'll be hosting Lay Day at the Laugh Factory in Hollywood with superstar comedian Renee Vaca. Renee Vaca, he's killing nice. it, bro. He's with the homie Ken Flores, right? Yeah, the, the, they're the dynamic both killing duo. it, bro. Yeah, they are for It's are awesome killing. to see these kinds of um, trajectories for comedians that start and then where they are now. Here's the thing, brother. Iron sharpens iron, bro. Mm. I wouldn't want to collab with nobody. Like, I mean, I wouldn't want to collab with. Anybody else but like concrete, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You wanna you wanna hang out with the elite. Mm. Snoop Dogg even said it, bro. He's like, I don't wanna hang out with rap. I don't wanna be the best rapper in the room. I wanna be, I wanna hang out with sick ass fools to, you know, to, you know, set the bar high. Renee Baca once said something dope. He said, he's like, I he was in the back. I think he was with a, a few drinks in. He's like, hey, bro, I have a lot of balls because I op uh, I always have Ken Flores open up for me. I always follow Ken, Ken Flores. I always follow Ken Flores. And he's fucking, Ken Flores is a killer. Yeah, he is, bro. And sh iron sharpens iron. That's got to be intimidating. That's go awesome. Ken Flores, That's dope. Yeah. That's dope. I remember, I remember I was doing the Ice House a few months back, and they had Jesus Apovido before me. I'm like, no, oh. no, just because I have more followers doesn't mean anything. <laughs> and, then, and then Jesus heard me. He's like, are you, are you worried about me going before you? I'm like, no, who, who said that? <laughs> I was like, he's like, bro, who gives a fuck? This is what makes you stronger. I'm like, all right. That's true, bro. So you got to get up. comfortable being uncomfortable. And he did make me work harder that day. Yeah? Yes. And it was great. It's important to have that social media following. It's important, but it's also important to have, you know, dope fools around you. Yeah. It's going to rub off. It is. That's why I hang out with Barry, dog. Yeah. I didn't like Miracle Whip before then, <laughs> yeah. but now I put that shit on everything. Yeah, I've noticed that you're lose, You're starting to lose rhythm when you dance. Yes. I get oh, it. bro, I got that wiggle now. Yeah. I'm like, what's yeah. going on? You should see his tax score, I, though. <laughs> that, I don't even know the thing is. You should call it a tax score? <laughs> Stay away. I'm a Chula Vista uh, white, bro. Yes, you are, uh, dog. Yes, you are. <laughs>
Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, aquí estamos con el Jay Valentino. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, man. For coming I down here, that. making time. Congratulations on your recent sellout event. Oh, shit. Ooh. Laugh Factory, February 22nd. It was a sellout. Thank you so much for everybody that came out. I appreciate you guys. Thank you. My mom couldn't make it because she had an emergency in Guatemala. But my surprise guest came through. Concrete, I appreciate you. And let's keep growing, man. Look at you, bro. I'm Was excited. your mom slated to be on the bill? Yeah, well, not on. on yeah, she was gonna go on stage. Hell yeah, that's dope, yeah, she was man. gonna go on stage. She's got to do some crowd work. Yeah, dude, she, crowd work is important now, right? It is. Every it is. comedian that I've seen live now, it seems like they definitely have a, a, a segment of their show which is implemented with crowd work. You have to. It's uh, it. You connect more with the crowd. You connect more with the crowd. You and it's easier to get into your to your material. It's more comfortable to get into material when you when you do a little crowd where you get to know them. That's why I've been actually hosting more lately. Okay, on purpose. It's a little. It's a different task. You know, I'm a big task. fan, Jay. Thank you, brother, Mr. Valentino. I'm a big fucking fan. Gracias. I look forward to watching your fucking stock continue to rise Thank you, and man. everything you need from us here in San Diego and Chula Vista. You know, we got your back. When are you coming back down here? Um, I'm not sure yet, but I do. Uh, I do think I'm gonna be working with Parkmore, Tempo. And mic drop. Actually, I know I will be because they're all great people, the people that, that run those businesses. Super cool. And I love it. Man, where can we follow you? Where can people follow you and f do all the things? Everything at Jay Valentino at Jay Valentino underscore on Tic Tac and on Facebook. I'm never on there, but your Thea is everything Jay Valentino. Google it. I appreciate you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, the wonderful comedian, father, DJ, creator, Jay Valentino. Thank you, Emo. A huevo. Thank you.